everyone, welcome back to another episode of Our Playground. I am your host, Ali Fan. Today's guest is Anushka Joshi, the founder and editor-in-chief of Genzine, a global grassroots community for young voices rewriting the future. It started as a print-only zine in 2018 and has since then evolved into a multimedia collective inspiring young leaders and making activism accessible. If you're new to Gen Zine, I highly recommend checking out their website, read one of their articles, or watch their documentary, Extra Democratic, which challenges the notion that voting solves every issue. Today, we chat all about Anushka's aha moment when she realized she wanted to be a voice in media, how she's built Gen Zine to where it is today, and the challenges of creating a print platform in the age of TikTok and IG Reels. I hope you love this episode as much as I did. If you do, let me know by DMing me on the Our Playground Pod Instagram, which is in the show notes. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing week. Now, let's welcome Anushka onto Our Playground. Welcome, Anushka, to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. It's been so long since we connected and we finally get to sit down like two months later. So I'm really glad we made the time and I can't wait to learn more about you. Um, and I'm excited for all the guests to hear more about you as well. Thank you, Ali, for having me. Yeah, so I want to catch up. How are you doing? How has your week been? Um, what's kind of in the pipeline for you? My week is good. Um, I... I'm currently working at a media startup um, in addition to doing Gen Zine stuff, but, you know, it's absolutely flying by and I'm enjoying every second of it. Um, We have a bluebird day in New York, so I can't be mad about that. I love that. The weather has definitely been starting to be sunny again, and I makes me so happy. Like, yeah, especially living in Washington, it's like you don't realize how gloomy it is until it is actually sunny. So. Yeah. During the winter, like one day in March or April, I'll be like, huh, I haven't felt the sun rays in months. I love it's like such a feeling that like it makes you feel like very whole again, in my opinion. Agree. Okay. So I always start at the very beginning with all my guests and I want to ask you what it was like growing up, um, what your upbringing was like and, you know, how you were as a, a kid. Totally. So I grew up in Palo Alto, California, which is just like 30 minutes outside of San Francisco, 40 minutes. Um, And that is kind of like the heart of Silicon Valley. And so I grew up in a very tech ridden environment and I wanted to run as far away from tech and what I thought entrepreneurship was um, when I got to college. And when I was growing up, I was obsessed with creating plays with my friends, like checking out books from uh, the library and turning them into scripts. And even in elementary school, making my friends, you know, put on these productions and directing them. And then in middle school, I would create music videos. And um, by the time I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to work in a creative industry, but I didn't feel represented in it. So this was like early Instagram days. This was when you know, Teen Vogue and Seventeen were kind of like the dominant forces of media that like young people were consuming. And I just didn't feel like as a young brown woman, I was properly represented in um, those mediums. And so I knew that I wanted to intersect media slash culture and representation, but I didn't quite have the language for that until 
I got to USC and my freshman year, I took a course called Designing Media for Social Change. And I finally had the language for what it is that I wanted to do. And um, I saw a path to have my dreams come true and to see the representation that I actually wanted to in the world. That's a perfect segue. I want to ask you about your experience at USC. Um, Obviously, it was a pivotal part of your journey. Why did you choose that college? A lot of the listeners are, you know, thinking about college or they're in college right now. And so like, what was your experience going there and all that stuff? So growing up in California, love it. Now I live on the East Coast, I miss it. But I really wanted to go to an urban school on the East Coast. Like I was ready for that change. I thought that I was gonna go to NYU. And so it really came down to USC and NYU for me. Um, But my parents kind of gave me the advice that New York will always be there for you, but that college environment isn't. And I think that going to USC was like one of the best things to happen to me. And a lot of my professional development came from the support that I received in the classroom. Um, And I think I'm just really lucky for all the resources that I was able to tap into there. But I went to USC and I studied communication and I eventually added on Um, a media economics and entrepreneurship minor, which I will get to in a moment. But as I mentioned, my freshman year, I took that course designing media for social change. And it was like an upper level course. I was a freshman. I was one of three freshmen in the class. And at the end of the semester, we were asked to create a capstone project. And that is where we created Genzine as a print publication dedicated to addressing contemporary issues through the eyes of Generation Z. And I remember going up to my professor afterwards and being like, I'm going to keep doing this. And I didn't really know in what capacity, but by the time I graduated, we had gone from one classroom print zine to having over 200 people touch the project. Um, And I saw a clear path to creating the next youth media company. But along the way, my parents suggested that I take a class in entrepreneurship and I was like begrudgingly did it. And it ended up being like my bread and butter and something that I absolutely fell in love with was just like, I think creativity can be expressed as like putting ideas into the world. And it's like entrepreneurship is just going from that zero to one over and over again. And if it weren't for the experiences I had in the classroom there, um, I don't think I would have had the tools necessary to take Gen Zine from a class project to what it is today. I absolutely love that. I mean, it's so awesome that it started as a project, just how this podcast started. And, I love it. you know, yeah. And I think it's really cool because when you're at, at school, you kind of have a safety net. And, you know, if you fail, it's like not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. But then in real life, if you fail, it's like kind of crucial. But I think it's great that you had that platform, or not that platform, but that environment where you could really like trial and error, like try new things and, it's I, I love that. I didn't know it came from, it started from yeah. you know, a class. I just, going off of that one, I don't think we should be afraid of failure. I would say like, that is probably one of the most important aspects of my journey is like, especially when I was doing Gen Zine full time, um, which I can talk about a little bit for a little bit while I was living in New York. Every day was just like getting up and running, tripping, falling on my face and getting up and doing it again, just like throughout the day. And I think that is where trial and error comes. And 
figuring out like what's working and what's not. So fail fast is my fail fast, fail often um, is kind of one of my mottos. But yeah, I think being able to start it in college was just a pure, like was a place for me to purely explore through passion, right? But then I was able to grow into this business afterwards, which um, I'm so grateful for that I had like four years to experiment in the dark. I feel like a lot of those years were just like, I joke that we were like in the dark, just like touching and feeling around and like not actually knowing what we were doing, but it created something really beautiful and authentic from it. Yeah, I love that. I like your phrase of like touching things in the dark because a lot of the times like we don't know what we're doing and it takes a lot of, you know, attempts to try to get it, you know, how you want it to be. So we talked about USC, um, kind of what was like the next step for Gen Zine, like after college, like after you grade graduated, what happened? How did you start to like expand it to like where it is right now? Yeah, I think it's also worth noting kind of the journey within college. So that first semester, um, I was my second semester of freshman year, we created our first print zine. And then our sophomore year, we created one. And we had, first it was just three people writing. And then we had like um, two more people from USC, right? And someone who went to a different college. And it was like still small and, and niche, but there was already interest from other people who like wanted to contribute. And something that I learned after publishing that article or that zine where that was at, um, people wanted to contribute, but not always under the topics that we were covering. And so we created um, an online community, which started in the form of an Instagram page and our website and just started accepting submissions. And um, something that was a beautiful finding from, that time, which I think is one of the most important lessons I've learned is like, if you give any young person a microphone, they have something to say, uh, especially in the times that we're growing up in. And I think something about Gen Z was trying to like, eliminate the misconception that to make an impact, you have to be in public policy or like work for a nonprofit. Um, But it's all about, you know, like blending, where are you in your daily life and how are these problems impacting us and how are we seeing them from wherever we are. So Genzine grew into like a large online community with a tons of contributors from everywhere. Um, we experimented with a podcast, we hosted roundtables, book clubs, um, hosted an art gallery by the time that we graduated. And so that's what I mean, like going in the dark, we were just like trying all of these different things. And by the time I graduated, we had like a full team at USC, um, and a really amazing community and place in the larger community. Um, But by the time I graduated, I saw an opportunity to serve young people better in the media industry. So, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, the legacy youth publications are the teen vogues and 17s of the world, but although they've evolved a little bit, they still um, are adults talking to young people and don't always capture like the entire breadth of conversation, right? Like, the true raw and authentic perspective that young people have to share. And then you have the next category of publications, which are um, student voice driven. And those might be like the Spoon Universities or her campuses and all of these like different college and even high school publications like the school newspaper. But again, it's not capturing the raw political, social, cultural 
um, conversations that young people are having on a day-to-day basis. It's like not the ears and the ears to the ground, but not to like, you know, the ethos of who young people are necessarily. And then you have the discourse drivers in my mind, which are like more provocative. And that might be like the voxes and the vices of the world and like even larger, you know, publications. But um, young people are super left out of those conversations and we don't really have our voice. And so I saw this opportunity to create this global grassroots media community for young people rewriting the future, like a true foreign by um, place where young people can, where we could capture what was happening and just be this evergreen space. Um, so by the time I graduated, we left one campus chapter at USC. I wanted to follow the model that I'd seen with other college clubs and college publications. Um, so we started one and then I graduated. Thought that I was gonna do Gen Zine right off the, like at the gates of college, but I moved to New York and settled into another job, um, which was just like a necessary transition. And I can also speak to that in like a little bit more depth. I think it's relevant when you're starting a project and then trying to turn it into a business. Um, but we, at the same time, we're collaborating with Converse. It like, we had a Gen Zine ex Converse partnership. We created a zine. We created another zine with another partner. And after that time, I was like, well, this is a full-fledged business. I should just go for it. Um, And so this summer, I went full-time with Gen Zine, and we expanded to 20 campus chapters around the country. We have interest from 50 schools, which will probably like launch in this next year as well. Produced two documentaries, one in Atlanta on the midterm elections and one that's we're executive producing in Cape Town. Um, and it just like so much growth happened and it was amazing and beautiful um, to see the business and the community grow, but also and like its impact grow, but also see how like I evolved during that time. Um, like just as a founder, you know, um, and I've still have so much to learn and so much room to grow, but I am still so proud of the fact that this is something born out of passion of not just myself, but so many other people as well. So it's the full answer. <laughs> it's incredible. So for the listeners, you graduated last spring, right? I graduated in May of 2021 and it is oh, okay. January, 2023. Okay. So yeah. about almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. yes so wow that that was a lot but I just want to say like I love your like model of like the different types of publications because I feel like it's so like easy to see like the different types of publications and then how Gen Zine kind of stands in all of that um and I definitely think like with Gen Zine you definitely can see like it's not your typical media platform it's you know obviously gen z centered and i mean i want to hear like what were some of the topics that really did well with you know the audience and like what was really standing out yeah so i think a lot of our content are obviously like these larger more complex issues and themes in society but we like to break them down of how they actually manifest in our day-to-day life so if you go back to like our first 
issue was about gendered violence, but it was about dress codes, abortion, beauty standards, birth control, um, like women in sports, you know, like things that we experience on a pretty daily basis. And the second issue was about multiculturalism, but it's like, how can we talk about the experiences, not of like race in an abstract way, but like my experiences as like the daughter of immigrants or another writer's experiences as someone who is biracial and like how that impacts her identity. And I think a great example of the type of content that does really well for both our readers and our writers is that personal like provocative essay where after um, the shooting that happened in Highland Park, we had a submission from someone who was there, you know, like actually there and saying like, I don't need your thoughts and prayers. But um, after Roe v. Wade got overturned, I woke up and there was like a bunch of different articles that had already been published by our writers. And it was like um, an ex-Christian's thought on like, why we should all be pro-choice. I'm butchered that headline, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's that true, you're getting that true storytelling and experience and perspective from people from wherever they are. And that's like what I was seeking when I created Gen Zine is a place where I could share my perspective. And it's, it's so, it makes me so happy that other people have that outlet as well. Yeah, I think also like you can, after you said that, you know, I realized like media and like news, it's so distant from us that I think almost like we can't connect to it in the way that Mm. we need to um, especially Mm. for these tougher topics and I think when you are able to connect with the person and like actual experiences it's like wow like I went through the same thing it's like a deeper way and it really does make change I think yeah yeah thank you yeah so I want to move on like what were like how did you guys kind of like in growing like how were you able to kind of keep the same like mission or like was that mission like did it like change like like to you as a founder too like did your why for this change like what was that it's a good question I don't think the why necessarily changed but in that like making sure that we stayed aligned on mission. I had to look at it from a couple different ways or like learn how to communicate my vision and also more like tactical ways. Um, But that's like the boring stuff. I would say that we've been pretty aligned the whole way through because the mission was collectively born from the experience of so many people, right? Like it started with Generation Z, but something that I realized a little bit later was that like young people are always driving culture and change. Um, you see this in the 60s, right? You, you're seeing this again now. You Millennials went through it. Um, I think that is the rite of passage and the role that a young person plays in society. And so it's like, okay, how can we expand this from just focusing on Gen Z's experience as we grow up, but keeping it you know, at that college level when, in my opinion, your role is to be a student of the world and to be critical. And like, I love even looking back at the way, like my, the way I perceived the world two to four years ago to how I am now when I have to like, um, work and pay my bills in New York. And, you know, like the mindset shifts, but I think that really raw and authentic 
perspective, like you need an outlet. Like these are ideas that are worth being in the world. So that like, if we want to see systems change, can we create movements of like amongst young people and have that like carry us through the rest of our life, right? Like, um, so I would say we got really lucky where the content was always resonating. I like that. Um, I want to talk a little bit. I know this was a while ago, but you mentioned the midterm election and how you guys created the Extra Democratic documentary. I watched it. It was amazing. Um, If you could talk us through the process of that, because obviously that's another branch of what you guys do. And I think I feel like documentaries are just so interesting and the way you guys did yours. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Would love to talk to you more about that as well, your experience with it. But um, yeah, so I had met Evan probably in the 2020 presidential election, and he was a voting rights activist essentially in Georgia. And we, you know, stayed friends, stayed collaborators. And a year ago, he approached me and was like, hey, can we do a 10-part written interview series on um, activists in Georgia and Atlanta who are finding solutions outside of the ballot box where, yes, voting is a must, but what happens for the people who can't? Where do they go? What do we do? How can we make an impact? Um, And I was like, for sure, sounds great, but can we try this as a documentary? Because this is a larger conversation. Young people don't really read anymore, which is a huge, huge roadblock that we've come to with Gen Zine, Um, like huge roadblock. Um, And so I was like, all right, well, if we're going to tell the story, let's do it via video. It's a good time for us to experiment with it. We got a grant, built an amazing team around it. Um, And me and our managing editor, Nikki, we like went to Atlanta one weekend to film with them. And it was just such an incredible experience. Um, And yeah, so we produced a documentary. Luckily, our cinematographer acted as our director um, and just really led the process. And I was like, I can project manage this, but... I wanted, I wanted other people to take the reins on like the storytelling and like the production of it too. Wow. I love that. I also, you know, you said (laughs) Gen Z, we don't really like read and read anymore, like read, um, like articles and stuff. And I can totally, you know, agree with that. I think, I mean, I want to hear like, how, how has that been like a huge roadblock? Like what ways have you guys tried to navigate that um obviously with a documentary and like video but if you could expand yeah so actually i said to my last answer that we got really lucky and our content has always resonated there is a slight change in that and that is something that i realized in the last like six ish months um gen zine I think is still really growing and has so many, like such a life left in it. Oh gosh. But it was also created during the peak of Trump's presidency and the pandemic and all that came with that. And in 2022 specifically, I saw this shift where like people stopped caring as much. Like my feed started looking differently than they did before. I don't know if that was like my algorithm or just like holistically the world is not like 
commenting on things as much as before. Um, and I think that has to go, that that is in par- like tandem with the types of content that people are creating now also, um, which I can speak to more in a bit. But um, so that was one thing. The second thing, which was young people don't really read anymore. Um, again, in literally two years, we saw people go from like actually reading articles to just being on TikTok and now Instagram reels for everything. And that is a conversation that I've like had to really actively make decisions on. It's like, okay, is my goal with Gen Zine to build this into like the youth media company? And if so, that means building in short form video content only primarily, right? Or is my mission to preserve the experience of creating content, of writing, of feeling like your story is being heard, of feeling like you have a place for expression and a platform um, for your ideas to be like elevated. And I went with the latter because, and it's not impossible to do, but as I mentioned, if our content is coming from like really, really personal provocative stories, I'm still trying to crack the code on how to like even ethically tell those stories via TikTok and Instagram reels if someone else is telling it, you know? Um, So, and I think for the type of content we're creating, I just, I would hate to dilute like a really beautiful essay into a 15 to 60 second video. Um, So I'm still grappling with that one. And I think that's why like the documentaries are like a good medium. But um, I think again, from like the business standpoint, which is something where I've like had to learn how to take it from like a passion project into something where we are in this time of like evolving media and like, what do you, what do you do with it? Um, Kind of leaning into our community of creators, right? Like if we have had hundreds of people from around the world touch the project, are there ways in which we can partner not based on reach, but based on like what they're creating? That's really interesting how you, you're deciding to stick with writing, but also, you know, I definitely agree, like, because we see so much video content now, it's kind of like, like I said earlier, like, we're kind of immune to it, we're, like, maybe we'll, like, have a reaction to it in the moment, but then, guess what, we scroll, and we're on to the next one, it's, like, a very, Mm -hmm. very, very short cycle, Mm -hmm. and so, I think, also, like, I think writing really does is the way to connect because like when you're reading something and it has like you know power in the words and like you can feel the writer and like how they're feeling as they wrote it it's, I think that's more powerful in a way um than a video if that makes sense like a short video it's like completely different yeah even also if- from like a content sorry continue no keep going okay from a content production standpoint also it's just like uh, I, I really spent a lot of time in the past few months thinking about like the business and like the economics behind media as well. And it's like, I don't want to keep creating content for these social platforms. Like I want, I want us to be able to own our audience in different ways and not just like, it's, it's really interesting when you look at like the actual economics of like content production versus content marketing and how like you're distributing on different platforms and like, how is your time effective in terms of like output and impact so these are all things that i've thought about and don't necessarily have the answer to right now but like i remain committed to what it is we've 
created with an open mind and trying to be flexible in ways that like are aligned with our true mission and vision. Definitely. So you mentioned at the very beginning that you also work at a startup media company, which is so Mm -hmm. exciting because obviously you're building this media company and then you're working at another one. So how did you get that role and why did you choose to go for it? Yeah. So this is a good callback to also that gap that I took from um, when I graduated in like May of 21 till when I really like picked it back up. Um, This is a characteristic of who I am, but I think also really worth noting for young people who feel the pressure to do everything when we're young. Um, I like, so when I graduated, I was going like 3000 miles an hour with wrapping up my college classes, trying to be present and a senior and having fun with my friends to, um, building Gen Z into being something bigger to establishing the first campus chapter to also having an internship and trying to navigate, like, how am I going to move across the country and have a job, like all of these things. And so by the time I graduated, I like had kind of burned out and I was like, okay, I need a moment to also see what's out there. I've dedicated the last four years of my life to this. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything out there before I like full on commit to like media or Gen Z or whatever for the rest of my life. They say, if you let something go and if it's meant to be, it'll come back. And like, I always thought about that in terms of people, but like it really is in terms of like other projects too. And so Gen Z came back fast. I was at like a, uh, another startup working with, um, other young people. And it was a really great experience of learning how to build from like that zero to one, right? Like it was the first nine months of the company essentially. And with that knowledge, I had confidence of how I was actually going to take it to that next step. Right. So then I spent, um, six, six ish months building Genzine up into a real like functioning company and business and preparing it for it to like be in the world 2.0 and then um, ran it full time for a bit. But I got, everything happens for a reason. As, as a, I, I came upon the second job because sometime late in summer, September-ish, I was feeling really burnt out again. I was the only full-time employee of Gen Zine. Solo foundering is very hard. New York is extremely expensive. Young people weren't reading. I just needed a moment to be like, okay, what are my next steps with this? Do I go get a part-time job to like live? Um, Or do I just like try to send it and become like a video first company? What do I do? I ended up getting a concussion that weekend, which was incredibly bad timing. It was Labor Day. I thought I was gonna like come back refreshed little accident happened. Um, and so I went back home to Austin for where my parents now live for two weeks to just recover because New York City is not the place to have a concussion. Um, I met up with this media founder who I'd been following and we just had a really good life conversation. I was like, I don't know what to do right now. I am in that position. Where do I pivot and build for something that I didn't set out to? Or do I keep on with my mission and just make adjustments to my life? And I think something worth noting is slow and steady can win the race and also knowing when to stop. Um, 
failure is not that I, not that Jenzine was failing in that moment, but it's just like knowing when to like hit the brakes and when to hit the gas. I ended up joining that company and it has been a super refreshing time to like learn for myself how to be a better leader and operator, um, knowing different actual business practices of media. Um, and we're just in this place now where like Genzine can organically grow, but like I am also taking some time for myself to figure out like how can I create best practices and learn from other people, whether it's in the industry or just like other managers and leaders. And like, um, I think that is something that's incredibly important to my journey right now, not just in terms of Gen Z, but like as a human who's developing and also for like just showing up as a better like leader, founder and entrepreneur in the future is something that I want to build towards as well. Wow, that's incredible. I think it's really hard when you're like at a point where just you're just like super stuck. You're like, I don't know where to go. Like there's a bunch of different ways you could go. And then, you know, like all these like things that could happen if you choose this way and that way, like, like, did you just like go with your gut on this, you know, decision? So when I was concussed, I had a couple thoughts. One of them was like, I'm super tired of burning out. Like I'm super tired of, and, and that is like a practice where like I can have a healthier relationship with work or like that just needs to like more balance, a, a constant drip rather than like dumps at a time. And I also really felt the value of having a co-founder and I didn't at this point. Um, and so I was just going through a bunch of lessons. Like if I were to do this again, what would I do? Or like, am I creating, what is my goal here? Is my goal like, you know, doing it as like, am I, am I building this for the sake of it being a business or am I building this for the sake of it reaching as many people as possible in the authentic, raw, provocative, et cetera, way that like younger Anushka set out to do, right? Um, and so I had a lot of time to map out when I was concussed, LOL, um, what it is that I was needing. Um, and I had to be really real with myself and let go of a lot of like things that I was holding on to in terms of like my expectations for myself. And um, I'm like naturally quite hard on myself, but it was it was a moment where I was like, oh, I got to zoom out and realize that like, I want to do this meaning life and working for a long time. And, and I had to like, let go of the idea that like everything had to happen before I was 25. But I was like, oh, I want this to be like the first foundation and first building block. And if I see it as that, then I'm like, so grateful for what we've been able to done instead of like looking at this as the end all and be all of my life. Um, so it was, a perfect solution for that. I, I'm honestly going to take that piece of advice because sometimes, you know, I personally look at all the small details and I forget to look at the big picture. Like, and then yeah. when I don't do that, it's like, like life and death. But even, even though it's not, like, even like, yeah, it totally. I mean, I'm going to add add something. Like, even like something small as like getting a grade on like an assignment. It's like not mm -hmm. the end all be all. I, all like no. look at the big picture like it doesn't have any effect yeah and I think that's something I'm very much like leaning into right now is just that like growth 
over a long period of time. And um, I think one of the things that we might talk about is like advice for young people. And I don't really want to jump the gun there, but like, look at everything you do as just like another layer of the foundation and just like another, another Lego of your life. Um, I think, you know, like I'm so stoked that you created this podcast and you're a junior in high school and you've taken it and run with it but also know that you have like so much life to live and like you're gonna have so many different projects in your lifetime and like you're gonna have like so many different versions of yourself and you just have to be ready to like welcome that change in and like not be too attached to um anything because and I don't mean that as in like, a, you should give up on your ideas because like, no, that is not a founder mindset, but it's like, you also got to listen to who you are. And I think in terms of what I've been able to see and experience as a Gen Zer, like we are so fixated on like this idea of being young and this idea of having to be in control of everything. And this idea of like, we have to fix it all. And it's like, right. But there are also like, there is time. There is time, even if it doesn't feel like it right now. And like, it's important to zoom out every once in a while. Yeah. And it's something I feel like is very unique with this generation because of all that we had to go through and are still going through. It's like, it feels like every single decision is going to change <laughs> like everything, but like, like it's really not. And I think it's definitely shaped kind of the overall character of our generation totally and I think I had this one of like the largest points when I was like making this transition or even just like realizing that there was a next page waiting for me um was my mentality on life was like I have to if I want to maximize my life I have to do as much as I can right now but it's also like no if I want to maximize my life then I should take what is, take the lessons that are supposed to come at every single stage and like apply those to the things that I'm really passionate about. But um, I can't really beat the learning curve of life. <laughs> no, you can't. You really just have to also be patient and like you just have to accept sometimes when things aren't going the way you want it to go. And it's just like, I feel like I've been experiencing this a lot like especially as a junior in high school it's like like in one in, like in one year I will probably be applied or like I probably will feel you know so ready to enter the real world but like it's just like such a weird place to be in you know yeah and like I don't know it's just there's just so many things to talk about um but to end off the episode I just want to like ask you know what is like if you know the listeners you know they there's a lot of stuff in this episode but one thing you would want them to leave um what would you say to them i would say that when we're young we are really lucky to have an unfiltered view of our passion right like you you, you were like not as hindered by like mm, the barriers or the roadblocks that like the real world um, puts on us. Like I, I said this to my dad, I was like, damn, like if I had to start Gen Z at the point I am in life right now, 
choosing like a social impact, like media company would probably be one of the hardest things to do. Like, especially at this stage where I'm in life, like if a foundation wanted to like toss so much money at me and like have it be like a nonprofit thing, great. But like, I was able to run with something that like lit my heart on fire and see where it took me. So, you know, lean into that while we can because we only become more filtered as we get older. And then the second thing I would say, and I wish I listened to this when I was younger because people told me this, but I didn't, I didn't listen. Do not have the pressure of the world on your shoulders. Like you don't have to solve all the problems in the world. You got so many people in the world to do it with you. You don't have to have the pressure of like if all of your like expectations on yourself too. like take life as it comes. And like, there's a lot out there and um, be patient, enjoy the journey and apply every state. Like if, if you are interested in, you know, like starting something, just know that it's going to only grow as much as you grow as a person. And so like, yeah, I think that was a really interesting, any, Anytime I like felt like I was at a roadblock with Gen Z and it was like, that was because I was acting to all of the knowledge that I had at the time. And like, yes, I could go and figure it out, but like, it is really valuable to like look at other places when you're learning along the way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you Anushka for coming on the show. You, I loved talking to you. I was like smiling the whole time and you know, you shared a lot of really, you know, valuable, you know, stories from your life and I just can't wait for all the listeners to hear it and thank you for coming on thank you so much for having me it was honestly such a joy and keep it up can't wait to tune into all the other episodes too you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of our playground if you enjoyed it and you love the show and you haven't already make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast i really appreciate it you can also connect with us on tiktok at our playground pod and with me at ali fan with two n's once again i'm your host ali fan and you are listening to our playground